Hello, and welcome to An Unconventional Teacher. I'm your host, John Hinthorne. Our podcast explores the unconventional methods that make our classrooms and educators great. We hope to uncover why it is that the unconventional ways of yesterday are now becoming the conventional ways of today. We have a bunch of exciting ways to support our growing community of unapologetically unconventional educators. They all can be found in our show notes and on social media. Special thanks to those that are already following us, supporting us, and donating on a monthly basis. We could not do this without you. Our exciting episode today is with Kevin Dua, the 2017 History Teacher of the Year for the state of Massachusetts. Folks, what Kevin has to say in this interview, you do not want to miss. He inspires his students, his community, and he's creating a pipeline right now to get more African-American teachers and educators into the classroom, into the schoolhouse, so that they can better be reflecting the students and the communities in which they serve. Folks, don't miss this episode. Thank you for being here. Now let's begin. All right, welcome to another episode of An Unconventional Teacher. Folks, you have to settle in. You have to stick around. This episode is absolutely one you don't want to miss. We've got Kevin Dua, the 2017 Massachusetts History Teacher of the Year. Uh, Kevin is special as a human. He's kind to all. He's kind to his students. And he breeds this sort of inclusivity and cultural responsiveness, to use his words on his on his social media that resonate in his classrooms and to and 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 if as if Massachusetts history teacher of the year wasn't enough he has been a finalist for both the national history teacher of the year and the Massachusetts teacher of the year so Kevin I'm going to let you introduce yourself thank you so much for coming on our show I can't wait for our listeners to hear what you have to say um, happy holidays hope you're doing well uh, we'll start in on our interview can you can you do a little introduction of yourself Kevin Yes, of course. Um, first and foremost, um, I'm a Virgo. I'm six one. Um, I like long <laughs> walks. Um, but exactly. no, I, I, um, I truthfully never take for granted just um, how privileged and blessed I've been within my life, personally and professionally. It's funny because at times, whenever I do have an individual, may they be a close friend or just being present at a, at a conference, share out um, some of my accomplishments. You know, people who know me, um, John, you know me for over 10 years back at, during our AmeriCorps. Um, Has it been 10 years, Kevin? Yeah, it's, uh. it's, it's, it's my, my receding headline, shows it. Um, <laughs> and a but... great smile and a great beard. For anybody that doesn't know what Kevin looks like, great smile, great beard and receding um, hairline. Just, just picture a better-looking James Harden. Oh, there you uh, go. There you go. Um, but no, it. When I hear it, um, I think people are surprised when I say that I'm humbled and and I'm shy by it. Uh, and the truth of the matter is that I am. I don't take for granted just the opportunities that been that I've been able to embrace, um, whether it's my direct doing and or just the um, indirect slash direct support from individuals around me maybe our students um colleagues friends families um my faith um, um and truth be told just that resilience of you know experiencing 
um, some hiccups, some trials and errors, and some trauma.、Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, as a history teacher, as a history major from the College of Women Mary,、um, what many of my educators, my mentors, have instilled in me is to truly dive in, unpack the culture that has、um, cultivated you.、Um, In who you are and why you do what you do,、um, and that's again that that that's that is my environment.、Um, those are people that that I've known, people who I've never met, but it has all culminated in just this nine to ten year、um, career of being able to do what I love,、um, and that is to educate not only young people、um, but also learn from them as well. Right, right. Well, thank you. We feel that humility, and and anybody with those accolades, you have to say, all right, what next? Right,、uh, because we're in we're in our tenth. You know, I'm in my thirteenth year. We're just getting started. This is a third of the way in. So where do you where do you head next? And I think that's where this podcast is for me is giving a sense of reflection for me on a personal level as an educator, and then allowing myself the selfish opportunity to interview people like you and get in touch with educators that. I know,、um, sort of tangentially now, because we don't live; we live on opposite sides of the United States. You're in Boston area, Cambridge, and、uh, area, and, and I'm in in Central Coast of California. But with the power of Zoom, we can come back together, and、mm-hmm. um, that's a beautiful thing. So we hope our we hope our listeners enjoy this episode. We're going to jump right in, Kevin,、um, to what inspires you to teach, what inspires you to get in that classroom every day, get your hands dirty, so to speak, and really、uh, empower your students. Um, I was reading some articles and watching some videos of your work. Your students love being in your classroom, and、uh, what inspires you to get there?、Um, I think what inspires me, I believe, what inspires me to just get to the like consistent routine of enjoying、um, going to work, I'm enjoying、mm-hmm. um, lesson planning and <laughs> evaluating and getting feedback. It's It's just the proven track record of the impact that young people have in general, and you know I may use the word history multiple times throughout this, but it's true. I、yeah. I can't doubt the overarching、um, theme of just progress that has、mm-hmm. been spearheaded by young people,、mm-hmm. um, not only in these states but worldwide, and. You know, if if something is not broken,、um, why try to change it? And I think I think in education, if you invest, if you center young people's voices and what they want, what they need,、um, as advocates, as instructors,、um, mm. as cheerleaders, good happens.、Um, mm-hmm. Not just for them, not just for you, but for everyone. And and that's what motivates me truly. Like it may sound cliche, it may sound redundant. You know, when people not at keep, all, it doesn't sound that way when you're <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> and, and, and it's true. I think I think for I think you know we are in this profession where,、um, and I've said this multiple times over the last several years, we have the best profession in the world because our、mm-hmm. profession creates professions.、Mm. Our professions is the way that that helps this world, that helps human interaction. And doesn't have to necessarily be like textbook um, knowledge um, or people. It can also be, you know, street smart. It can also be just interacting with、uh, 
um, individuals who may look like you, who may sound like you, and who mm-hmm. may not. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can have some role in helping individuals do that in a way that is centered on good, mm-hmm. then yes, selfishly, I'm going to do that uh, because I've seen how that's that has been beneficial for me. Right. Um, my partner um, and my friends and my family members and the neighbor across the street um, and mm-hmm. someone that I may read about in a different state or country. I grew up in a Christian household. I grew up in a household of faith. I grew up with parents who are immigrants, mom being a um, teacher still, um, dad being a cab driver still. Still doing both with- of those jobs? Still doing both. Um, grew up with three siblings, one older brother, two sisters, big family, extended family in terms of grandma, aunt and uncles, um, cousins. Multi-generational and, family. Well, yep. Yeah. And, and growing in a diverse um, community such as Northern Virginia, growing up mm-hmm. in a community, sure, it's famous for the Disney Remember the Titans uh, <laughs> film, but, but also a community that underscore the value of um, taking care of each other of being connected of sympathizing and empathizing and 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 i think for me it's it's again i was privileged Mm -hmm. uh within the area code um as you know lower to middle class um and you know people invested in me i think i was able to do so because people invested in me to do that Right. And they also invested in me to not forget about that and to truthfully and adamantly pay it forward. Um, and again, one of the best platforms slash professions to do that is education, is in the schools. Absolutely. And I do want to add to our listeners, um, among the many things that you're doing, you're not just giving that platform for your students to be better people and love more and love deeper and, and empathize and sympathize. I love I love hearing both of those qualities, those, those actions together. We hear about empathy so much. I talk about empathy all the time, but sympathy is where it starts, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, oh man, that really sucks. Or man, I see, I see your situation right now. And then sort of holding up a mirror and, and letting them know that you see it. And then and then you get deeper with the empathy. I love hearing that. I wanted to share with our listeners before we start that you're also working to create a uh, pipeline, so to speak, of educators of color across, um, the, across the schools. And um, that's a beautiful thing. So thank you for doing that. We need to go from two to maybe 20, I think in the next decade so that, you know, does ethnicity and gender have everything to do with the teacher no but it's a it's a portion of us and as a male teacher i can i can relate to you i'm not african-american i'm i'm caucasian white and but i but i have colleagues that are and they are empowered i have fellow teachers that are from the latinx community and they're empowered by their ethnicity because they see that mirror right to the students that come in from that same community and 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 i i once i remember talking with some person they said well that's really shallow I said, that's not shallow at all. That's the deepest thing that you can do is connect to somebody at a, at a place that they feel um, close to their identity. Um, we want to get into our second question, Kevin, and that's what makes you unconventional. So besides the fact of your, uh, of your identity, some of your identifiers, what do you do in the classroom that makes you uh, an unconventional teacher? I would say 
In terms of just being unconventional, I I'm not hesitant for adapting and amending who I am um, in my classroom um, from the voices um, that are integrated um, that come from my students. And what I mean by that is, I think coming out of grad school, my first few years of of teaching, there there was almost this this implied I shouldn't say implied. There was almost this like advice, this guidance that I heard from so many um, veterans. It's um, it kind of, you may have heard that the analogy, um, or not the analogy, the description of um, be like an ice cream, um, be hard in the beginning, and then you know over time it will soften a little bit. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> By December. Um, one of yeah. my favorite teacher teachers, he said, by December, then you can start letting it melt. So I said, by December, I love these kids too much. I'm like the third day. <laughs> and that's, and, and that's, and that's, that's along the lines of what, you know, I was told as in like, don't tell them your age. Don't tell them what you believe outside of the school day. I know um, you are. Hi, who you are. Be mm-hmm. firm. Um, um, heck, even you know, stick to the script until your third year. And then apparently at midnight on the first day of your fourth year, you can be unconventional. Mm-hmm. And so like it, it, it's, and that played a role in trickling into my curriculum, to my teaching as to, and this was difficult as a history teacher saying, hey, I know we're reading about individuals who are resilient, who are trying to be progressive, who are trying to be inclusive. They're incredible. We put them on statues. Um, we celebrate them in holidays. Um, right. They're the ones who elevate, who preserve human rights. That's cool. After you take this test a few weeks from now, do not beat them. Do not mm. embody them until you leave on the K to 12 system. Right. And it, it makes no sense when students like, but things aren't better. And yeah. you are giving it the template to make change happen now. Some good. So shouldn't we do this now? Since oh, yeah. a classroom or school is probably the best place to trial and error and you lead us. Mm-hmm. And once those common sense statements not just questions but statements kept on arising again as as a history teacher as a as an african-american as a person i couldn't argue with that there you, you like why would i argue with that and so from there that has led into over the last few years just may sound cliche but listening to what the students wanted being able to look at them and see maybe one day on a day of a test they're all drained mm. and me saying you know what you know what we're not going to take a test or instead of hey there's a winter break packet for vacation let's take a break from doing work and you should just be um, are you are you meaning to tell our listeners and and me that you're teaching actual humans um, <laughs> said, said the podcast host sarcastically, of course, right? I mean, yeah. I look at my roster and those names seem to be <laughs> they, attached human. to human body right. um, as opposed to a bot. Um, but, <laughs> but no, I, I think for many people, how I try to, in, to adapt my curriculum to highlight racially and ethnically diverse stories um, mm. where maybe graves are a thing in the past. Mm-hmm. Um whether it's like instead of hand raising, just being able to make eye contact is able, being right. able to go to the bathroom without this sense of 
um, monitoring. I think right. for a lot of people, they may look or hear what I'm doing, um, whether from me or from students, and they may characterize that as unconventional. Mm -hmm. They may characterize that as controversial. They may characterize that as problematic. If you come into my classroom, the students would say, this seems normal. Mm -hmm. We're humans. Mm -hmm. um, I don't raise my hand to go to the bathroom at home. Right. I don't raise my hand to go to the bathroom at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So why should a classroom feel any different? Right. And, sign, and I, sign out to your business and come back and respect yes. the space. I love that. And that trust right there, that trust mm. has always gone a long way. And that is, and, and, I, and I've shared this with my students over the last few years, um, I serve them. I am trying to earn their respect. Respect in, is subjective. Mm -hmm. um, and, it's earned. and is earned. Um, and if I can't do that, then it would be too easy for me to use my my status, the hierarchy, ageism, to not be held accountable, to not be better, and to put it on them. And history has shown that that's not right and or fair. Mm. Um, and if we are in a profession that's about data-driven, equity is the buzzword over the last ever. Equality is that as well. And so if that's our main focus, plus mental health, plus trying to present or to support individual, the best individual that can help all students regardless of the color, data shows that when you center equity and equality and mental health and trust and trust and people that look like me, black or brown. Sure. Students across the board of all colors benefit. They perform. So, they so do why? It. So why go against what research shows to be valid? I love it. We need we need two hundred percent of you. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I love it. I'm I'm right there with you. You know, this is a this is your episode and your interview, but all the things that you're talking about exist in my classroom. You go to the bathroom when you need to, you respect the space, you come back within a, within a reasonable time. Those are my bathroom rules. I started teaching with like the, the bathroom tickets and the, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want this to be an episode about the bathroom, but I think it's a really good, a really good point because all teachers say like, how do you deal with that? Right? Of course, you're going to get the kid going and Snapchatting and going on their TikToks and doing that because they're kids, you know, they're in high school, but you can't stop it anyway, but what we can do is we can control the trust and the love mm -hmm. that we can give them. When they break it, there are consequences, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's how that's how justice works. That's you know, yes. you break a rule, there are consequences. But if you don't lead with trust and empathy and sympathy and love, then there's no way you're going to get to that important place where your kids, your students, Facts. trust you. Yeah. Yes. Um, beautiful. Well, we don't have three hour podcasts, so we're going to move Kevin, unfortunately totally forward. We, we, we want to end each of our interviews with our guests with a story. Okay. And you and I have been talking offline and, and I, you've told me a couple stories. And if anybody doesn't follow Kevin on Twitter and Instagram, he's posting videos and thoughts that are meaningful and, and really an important figure. Um, I think that's my, my perspective in our current social justice climate. Let's hear a story now, Kevin, to bring us home on the interview um, on a time when you were taking a risk and it 
benefited your classroom, you and or a particular student. Can you tell us the story? Mm. I'm going to be like any good typical teacher and I'm going to try to connect everything that you said. I love it. Um, in a conclusion. Well done. <laughs> in a conclusion. Um, so I had this one class that started at 1130. Okay. And I was trying to be prepared prior to that. Um, prior to that was their lunch time. And I was trying to be prepared by making copies. Um, and, you know, every teacher has a story of the copy machine not working. And right. so that, that's what what's happening for me. I Paper was jammed, um, technology one-on-one issues. And so I was able to finish the job. Um, however, I looked at the time and it was 11:44. So I was late. Um and I was just I was I I was down the hall. Um and so I came in and you know my students were there. Um That's and, good. They didn't and leave. It, and it was sunny and it was sunny outside. And here's here's the twist. You even saying that it it you 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 almost spoiled my ending oh. <laughs> and so and so they were just looking at me and say hey nice for you nice for you to join us i'm like haha i laugh and they started joking they said you know you know that old saying and you brought this up at the beginning of the year if you weren't here within 15 minutes mm -hmm. uh, we would have left mm -hmm. and i said and i said this i said damn i wish i came here at 11 46. Yeah. and they were all shocked, like wait why and I said, because if I would have came at 1146 and you weren't here, I would have been happy. Right. Because, because that would have showed that you would have been held holding me accountable. Right. And I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. Mm -hmm. That that I that I I did not value or respect your time when you were ready and prepared. Um, and as an educator, I know that I have the privilege to be quote unquote late or sure. not quote unquote actually be late um and maybe and there's get, nothing they can do about it there's nothing that you can do about it especially if i spin it my way for you as students it's unfair that you can be a few seconds late um and the system can hold you accountable not just by a um hey i am angry at you so and so but hey you're going to spend more time after mm -hmm. school mm -hmm. parents is going to parent or guardian is going to be called there's a market there are so many systems mm -hmm. that can easily be directed at you for being one second late sure. and i as an educator could rely on the privilege of saying hey i was trying to do you a service and technologies held me up and that is unfair. So from teacher to student, from student to teacher, equity, because we're all humans. Sure. I didn't hold up my end of the social contract, and that's on me, regardless if I came at 11.44, 11.45, or 11.46. And mm. I always want you all to know that regardless of that, if I break your trust and I don't hold myself accountable as I should, always feel the right and need to hold me to that because that's not only quality that's equity as well sure and so after that four or five minutes dialogue uh, my students 
said, so can we go now? I'm like, no, 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 no. We, we, we actually have to. So, so, so that right. is one of my stories of just, uh, I learned that there are going to be many times that unintentionally I will take advantage of my students mm. um, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And I also know that I hope that they are intentional of correcting me just like I'm intentional of correcting myself. And, mm -hmm. and I think that build that climate of we are all educators, we're all mentors and mentees in a classroom that we are going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. But if we if we do not if we not value our time, if we do not value um, you know our backgrounds, if we do not value where we're coming at, then um, it does create a sense of unnecessary control. It does create that sense of just harm. And again, I did not come into this profession to embrace that because I am who I am because people invested in trying to help me. Um, wow. And if that makes me unconventional, cool. Then I'll, yes. I will proudly take that title. Beautiful. Well, Kevin, um, I'm gonna just kind of close up that story by saying that the big social justice wins that uh, millions of folks are trying to build upon because there are people before us and there will be people after us we're trying mm -hmm. to do our part to make sure that all humans are treated with a sense of equality and equity. Equity. Um, yes. I'm wondering if that story around you being late is a mini social justice win. And I think that I would venture to say that that happens on a daily, if not weekly, if not monthly level for you. You are modeling what it means to treat humans fairly. Both sides of the picture, you to me, me to you, student to teacher, teacher to student. Kevin, this has been an incredible opportunity to have you on our show, an unconventional teacher. You are through and through an unconventional teacher. And I'm gonna go out on a limb and ask you to come back next year because I wanna selfishly interview you one more time. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Take Thank care you. of your cute dogs, your uh, wonderful wife, and, um, and, and be well in the new year, buddy. Take care. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. You too, John, to you, your family, and your students as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of An Unconventional Teacher. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed producing it. This is a project to pay it forward to the teachers and educators out there seeking something different. If you are or have someone in your world that is an unconventional teacher, please send their name to ananconventionalteacher at gmail.com and we can work to get them on this show. Also, please join us on Instagram and Twitter at an unconventional teacher and be a part of our growing movement to embrace the different. As I tell each and every one of my classes I teach at the end of our time together, vive como si fuera su último día. Live like it were your last day. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.